So my birthday is on April 18th, fourth month of the year, 18th day. And uh, I'm pretty sure this is not just my brain seeing things, but I see the numbers 418, 418, fucking everywhere. No. Welcome to Error 404, Birthday Not Found, the only podcast about birthdays. My girl doesn't have a birthday. Hey, everyone. My name is Michelle. I was found in China. I don't even know if I'm Chinese. All I really want to know is what it means to have a birthday. Today, I get to interview a fellow podcaster. I was actually um, listening to him before I came out here to be an actor, so it's kind of an interesting situation i get to i get to interview him on my podcast it's pretty great he acted wrote and co-produced his own short film donor in 2011 and you can find him on apple Podcasts and anywhere where you listen to your podcast on the inside acting podcast everyone give it up for trevor Algut. <laughs> hey trev <laughs> hey, what's up how's it going good how are you good how are you <laughs> good a little bit a little bit sick i was i want to apologize to your listeners ahead of time oh it's fine i'm I, not I was contagious sick too. i'm sick too not contagious <laughs> Just getting over mind. It's flu season. They say it's like the worst flu season. I know. And I got a flu shot, too. I don't you know what's did? going on. Yeah, did you? No, I didn't. No. I just, like, braved through it. I say, wow. fuck it. That's, that's, I don't have the money. Go. That's ballsy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about birthdays today. And I just thought it was really interesting that you were born a couple days after tax day. Uh, yeah, I guess Do I was. Do you ever get stressed around tax day? Oh, yeah. So your birthday is 4-18. Yeah, April Yay! 18th. Well, you did you did your research, man. Wow, even yes. on my birthday. Yeah, April 18th, 1981. Uh-huh. Which makes me <laughs> years old. And, <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spring baby. Spring baby. Spring baby. Do you ever get, like, stressed? I feel like if you were born near that time, you would feel a little more stressed. It's, um... I don't know. No, I don't I put mean, it off to the last minute, but some people do. <laughs> I I mean, I you know, I'm a TurboTax guy, so for me it feels super Turbo easy tax. to do taxes. No, it's I'm, hard yeah. though cuz you're you're doing acting, you're doing and you're doing podcasting. I don't know if you're still doing podcasting. Are you thinking about revamping it? Possibly. The the podcast uh we did 314 episodes. That's insane. Literally by hand over the course of like 9 years. Just you two or did you have Uh we had some help from time nice. to time we had different people sort of step in to help with editing or or producing it's a pain or marketing. In the ass. I'm doing all this shit by myself and it's so much work. It's a lot of work, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't get how much work podcasts can be. Yeah. So yeah. But uh but yeah, so we stopped mm, June, May or June of what's 2020 to 2018 mm-hmm. uh, so about a year and a half ago now and uh i'm, I'm open to restarting it but it's going to look different because i burned myself out you did yeah, oh yeah. damn so if we do do it again it'll be completely different how so well definitely a different workflow uh-huh. um i would definitely let go of my death grip on controlling everything and uh, trust other people to help out Ooh, that's hard yeah, character, that's really hard character flaw and uh, and I would probably build in regular breaks. So what I would do, and this is for anybody listening who wants to start a podcast, I would totally recommend build like seasons into your podcast. So so plan to produce from say January through March, like twelve weeks, and then give yourself a month off or mm-hmm. two months off or three months off while you plan and recharge, and then maybe batch record all your episodes up front or the the interview portions if it's an interview podcast, and then do another season and then give yourself a break because doing it every week sounds great you know it sounds like a lot of fun oh it's consistent we'll be in people's lives every week and 
after a while, man, it's it becomes exhausting. it becomes a terrible thing, and that's no way that's no place to create from. You know? Oh, it's not. It, it, yeah. Do you have any like favorite uh, people you interviewed? You've interviewed so many people, yeah, so many. directors, musicians, actors. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, lots of favorite people. I would say the two or three that come to mind right off the top of my head, or five or six, are. Uh, oh, there's that. That's. I don't know how to get rid sound. of it. I don't know what that is. It's so frustrating. Oh, you know what it is? It's your phone. Is it my phone? I bet it's your phone. No, it's Bringing not. It close I didn't to the have mic. my phone before. Maybe not. Ah. Maybe I'm making this right, up. I'm going to keep my phone away from things that I'm just looking at. But uh, I really enjoyed interviewing Tony Horton. He's the creator of P90X. Mm-hmm. If you are familiar with those home workout programs, mm-hmm. they changed my life. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Changed my life. I, and he's a really smart guy who deserves every bit of his success. He's grounded. He's kind. He's patient. He, he gets the creative process. He's not seduced by fame. Mm-hmm. Um Smart guy. I loved interviewing him. And uh, another guy named Craig Ballantyne, who's like a personal productivity sort of person. Mm-hmm. Um, he was it was really insightful to interview him because I used to read his articles in Men's Health Magazine when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so it was, it was a trip to, to interview him. And he sort of pivoted from writing about health and fitness to writing more about productivity and, you know, living your best life. And uh, Faye Wolf, she's an organizer, a personal organizer. Uh-huh. Um, I've got the list goes on. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. As you can tell, it wasn't specifically about acting all the time. It was more about like, who do you need to be or who do you need to develop yourself into in order to enjoy this journey in this career? I feel like a lot about acting is being like your best self and it includes a lot of fitness and health. So when did you begin your journey into plant-based foods? Oh, uh, uh, I... Well, I began my journey probably around the same time as I started the podcast, but it was a long, twisting journey. So okay. I, I, um, I, I started sort of dabbling in it. I was, I was eating mostly vegetarian anyway, uh-huh. um, and then, uh, and then I sort of went full vegetarian you for like, like two full. years. Oh yeah, my like god! Yeah, like cut out, cut out all meat for two years, and then I was like, this isn't so bad. I'll, I'll try the vegan thing. So I, I cut out cheese, dairy, yogurt, like all the extra stuff, fish, none of that stuff. And uh, I was that way for six months. And then uh, <laughs> and then I went on a vacation with my family to Vermont. Ah. And in Vermont, where we were specifically, which is a, an island called Grand Isle, uh-huh. uh, right on Lake Champlain, uh, there are no vegans or vegetarians because they all died from starvation. Oh, that's great. <laughs> because, so, so I was eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like six times a day and no. just, cause there was nothing else. Like everything was meat and cheese, everything, meat, cheese, butter. I bet if you reintroduce that into your diet like that quickly, it ruins a lot of your system, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. It ruins your system anyway. Well, if yeah, you, yeah, if you yeah, want me to be, if you like, want me complete, like, completely opinionated meant, about like, it. You know, to, to reintroduce, <laughs> to change your diet that quickly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so that's why you had to keep with the with the vegan diet for that. Yeah, like, I mean, it. Like, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, but what's interesting is the more I, I I'm like, I consider myself sort of an armchair expert on this. I have yes, no, tell I have no, I have no credentials. I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. But I've read a zillion books and and watched documentaries and done all sorts of experiments to myself. And there's a whole world that's just being discovered with gut bacteria and gut flora, and the vagus nerve, which is this nerve that connects your brain and your gut, and mm-hmm. and how you eat basically has so much to do with your moods, your hormones, your sleep patterns, mm-hmm. your your level of brain clarity, like all these things. And it has to do with all the, the bacteria in your gut. And so what you eat either feeds the good bacteria in your gut, quote unquote good, mm. or the quote unquote bad bacteria, which then informs 
basically how your body responds. Right. So, um, yeah, if you, a lot of people eat cheese. Like I used to love cheese. Mm-hmm. Now I, I, not only do I not like the taste of it because my taste buds have just changed, mm-hmm. but I can't eat it because I feel terrible afterwards because my body is not adapted to it so you right. can you can build up a tolerance to, to basically anything i didn't know that That's really but um but if you remove it for a while and then put it back in you'll quickly see sort of what your body likes and doesn't like and what it's just been putting up with all these years and uh yeah where you can maybe do it some favors really do you know do you have any like solutions for insomnia i have that struggle right i now. mean that yeah i mean there could be a million reasons for Right, but I feel like what you eat adds adds to it. But if if um you know if you eat, I heard that if you eat bananas before bedtime, you drink. Well, I don't know. You can't drink milk, but um maybe warm almond milk or something. Maybe that will help you sleep. I I, just trying to think of more solutions. Sure. Yeah. Pills. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this isn't helping. I know. Pill. There's going to be a pill or a laser for weed. everything, right? Do you do weed? Does that help Not you? Not really. I mean, occasionally. Yeah, I always sleep like a baby it's when I do natural. that. natural. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> it's vegan, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually struggle struggle with sleep a lot as mm-hmm. well. Um, mainly in my, in, when I hit my mid-30s, I started to really have trouble sleeping. A lot of it for me was caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cut out caffeine. I started to sleep a little better. Mm-hmm. And I've also been experimenting with... Um, um, how do I say this without sounding like a crazy person? Uh, <laughs> eating eating in accordance with the circadian cycle yeah. rhythms of, of the planet and the sun. I love it. So essentially, uh, when the sun goes down, I try and stop my eating for the night. Because that is so smart. Your metabolism, so there's there's some some science. It's not like an overwhelming amount, but there's some mm-hmm. science to, to suggest that um, our metabolisms shift with the mm-hmm. with the um, with the setting of the sun. And really, like, there's biorhythms throughout the day. Like, we're very connected to the planet, and we don't even acknowledge that as, as No, I beings. totally understand you, because I wake up every fucking morning when the sun wakes up. It has, yeah. I have no idea why. Do you have that? Absolutely, yeah. That In fact, so since I got back from Philly a few days ago, uh, you know, I was in a different time zone, but yeah. I've, I've been back a little over a week now. So you think that my time zone would have shifted and adjusted. I'm still waking up at 5 a.m. And I'm just like ready to go, and I'm falling asleep. Well, at, like, then you can eight. go to the gym, or yeah. <laughs> do you still swim competitively? I'm not not at the moment, but uh-huh. I do still swim, sort of generally speaking. Yeah, Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has that added to your acting career, and has that like helped you as an actor? Like, I don't know. Um, I've never done competitive swimming before. Yeah, I, I think so. I think swimming is is a really special sport. Mm-hmm. I think in that it's sort of a moving meditation. Like you, you're constantly aware of every, if you're, if you know what you're doing and I don't always know what I'm doing, but you know, on a good good day, amen, (laughs) on a a good day, uh, I'm, you know, I'm paying attention to how my body's sitting in the water, um, you know, where, where I'm creating resistance, where I'm able to sort of leverage that, the, uh, the lack of drag for instance. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're constantly with your breath. It's all about breath and Mm -hmm. it's obviously strength. It's low impact. There's flexibility. I mean, it's a wonderful sport. Use your whole body to swim. It's really intensive. It's an awesome sport. Awesome sport. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it has helped me just be in terms of body awareness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But also in terms of like mental toughness, it's a, it's a fucking hard sport. Like yeah, it's hard. It it like is. go swim a couple laps without stopping. Like <laughs> you see what I mean? Or uh, can you hold yeah. your breath for a long time, like Tom Cruise? Um, well, how so long? How t- long can you hold you his see, breath? Yeah. Did you see the um the last um it was Mission Possible Five? I think. Jeez, there's so many. I know there's so many. <laughs> but he held his breath for like ten minutes. Oh, he in the movie, he trained his body to hold his breath that. The, long. So the actor actually did. Uh, Tom the Cruise, the actor did. did. He's insane. 
Yeah, like how far would you go for your stunts. for your acting career, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. jumping out of a plane. Yeah, I admire he runs that. Runs in every him. movie. Yeah, <laughs> like how does yeah. he do this? And he's like what sixty? Like, he's he's got to be pushing sixty. Yeah, it's crazy. Good yeah. for him, but damn man. Yeah, it's impressive. Stuntmen out of jobs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's crazy. So okay, like what kind of vegan restaurants do you recommend? Because the biggest problem for me going into veganism, number one, getting rid of eggs. I love mm-hmm. eggs and I can't get rid of them. Number two, it's too expensive. And a lot of us, especially in L.A., we can't afford to eat that way on a budget. Even though we, you know, we want to. We, we want to help the animals and we want to be more health conscious. It's just more expensive and not sustainable. Uh, I, I hear that you. Way, that I, way. I, and I'll start off by saying this. I used to feel that way too. Uh-huh. Um, can I ask what your main motivation is for exploring a, a plant-based lifestyle? Just being happier. You're right. It just uh, like eating the right foods makes you feel better. And along with, you know, taking care, self-care, meditation, all that, you can feel better and <laughs> maybe not have to resort to the pills. But um, <sighs> I just, I want to eat healthier. Got it. I don't know what to do. Okay. It's just so expensive. Like you look at Sage Vegan and you look at, you know, LA's got great vegan options. One of the best in the country. Absolutely. But it's just so expensive. Uh, do you I know mean, any smaller like Yeah, I mean you can you can eat a plant-based and we should just, just distinguish between vegan and plant-based. I don't True. I don't love the vegan label. Why? Um I think it comes with a lot of baggage for a lot of people cuz vegans I think when when I hear the word vegan at least and maybe you can resonate with this, I hear Difficult? Dif- yeah, difficult. Like, a little self-righteous, uh, a little angry, a little judgmental. Have you seen You on Netflix? No. <laughs> oh, it's so good. The second season, he goes to L.A., and there's all these L.A. stereotypes. He ends up working at this, um, this uh, it's like Irwin Market. Yeah, but yeah, yeah the one in West I mean? Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just, you know, they changed the name and everything. It was so great, though. But, yes, you see that, yeah. and you're, like, self-righteous. And I don't want to be that, but I also want to take care of my body. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to be that. And I, right. what makes me a little bit annoyed at like when people get, and I, and I get it because mm-hmm. we, all it takes is a few minutes of watching slaughterhouse footage for you to feel like oh, enraged about what's happening. And you want to tell the world and convert everyone to your sort of new epiphany about how to be kinder to the planet and the animals and yourself. So when people fight that, it's like, you want to fight back. Like you just want to do everything you can. And mm-hmm. I get that. And I've been there and I occasionally still am there, but it, what you're missing is that sense of compassion. I mean, we all, n- not we all, many of us embrace this lifestyle because we want to be kinder to the animals and to ourselves. Like, there's plenty of suffering in the world. There's that's there's way more suffering in the world than there needs to be yeah. without me adding, paying somebody to torture and kill animals so I can, what, enjoy 20 minutes of eating a couple times a day? Like, when I can be happy and healthy without doing that? Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I explore that? So... The vegan thing comes with some baggage, so I it also it also says what you. Let me see if I can get this straight because my head's a little foggy because I'm sick today. It also <laughs> says what you don't eat. So when you're vegan, that says I don't eat animals. I don't do this. I don't do that. Negative, negative. No, no, no. Plant based tells me what you do eat. I do eat whole foods. I eat potatoes. I eat oats. I eat rice. I eat beans and legumes. So I eat nuts carbs. and seeds. <laughs> Carbs are not bad for you. I know. If you work out a lot. No, that's actually, we can explore that if you want to. Let's do it. Because here's my armchair nutritionist coming out. So uh, carbs are not the enemy. Never have been. And people, every every, um, successful civilization throughout human history has gotten the bulk of their 
calories from carbohydrates, mm-hmm. from starchy carbohydrates. Quinoa, corn, oats, beans, buckwheat, barley, wheat, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, rice. Rice is huge. I mean, if, if, if cars make you fat, so I heard a plant-based doctor say this in a press conference. She said, <laughs> if cars make you fat, somebody needs to tell the two billion Asians of the world uh, because they didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> like when you go to... to That's all is, they eat. What's, yeah, yeah, they, three times My a day. Grandma, yeah, rice every fucking meal, and it's like, what are you yeah. doing? In fact, I think in I think it's in China. the The word for for hello or, or good morning or whatever it is actually translates literally to "Have you had your rice today?" No way. Yeah. So if rice made you fat, they would be morbidly obese. They would have a terrible lifespan. They'd be they riddled with disease. They also walk everywhere. We don't walk anywhere anymore. We're fucking yeah. living in traffic. Not in LA, especially. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. And it's yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in Japan, they just walk everywhere, and that's okay to eat carbs because you combat that, or you're, it complements it. Or, but it's just everything's changing. There, I feel like the problem with plant-based diet is that there are too many people on the planet. That's why we have to mass produce, and we need to think of a better way to do it. Because you know, slaughtering animals in a slaughterhouse is not the right way to do it. But that's our only solution right now. Like, what else are we going to do? How so? How's I it, feel how's like it because it? it's um, it's it's going to feed the most people. It's like, interesting though. It takes about, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but it's something like it takes like a thousand or two thousand calories of energy to produce a hundred calories of animal product, of meat or cheese. Wow. So if you were to skip that, if you can, and this is scientifically proven, you can look this up, you can get all your amino acids, all your calories, all your proteins, fats, carbohydrates, all your phytochemicals and phytonutrients and minerals, all of them are available in the plant kingdom. The You're National like, International <laughs> Dietetics Association says it is on their website. I think that's the right association. If people Google yeah, this, they'll, right. they'll we'll find it. it. But um, they said that a, a completely plant-based diet, a vegan diet, is completely acceptable and healthy for all stages of life. And a lot of people will push back and say, "Well, yeah, you have to really plan it. And yeah, really have to, you know, make sure you're hitting all your goals." Well, yeah, you have to do that with any diet. Mm-hmm. Like most people who don't plan their diets are unhealthy. It's just that we now suffer from diseases of overnutrition rather mm-hmm. than undernutrition. People are so afraid they're going to waste away. You're much more in danger of getting cancer and diabetes and heart disease from eating too much food than you are from wasting away due to a quote-unquote protein deficiency, which fr- frequently, frankly does not exist in developed countries. Really? It, it, it would be almost impossible for somebody getting enough calories to develop a protein deficiency. We can go into this, but uh, it's very interesting because... Protein is not really a thing. Proteins are just a collection of amino acids. And when you eat food, your body disassembles the food and stores those various amino acids in different parts of your body. Uh And then when you need to regenerate that part of your body, for instance, you do a workout and so you do some curls, your body has stored amino acids in your bicep, for instance. And then it shuttles more and then reassembles those amino acids on site to create protein. So when you eat food that has all the amino acids you're getting enough protein. Like, that's the thing. People think protein is like a complete little package. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's amino acids that your body collects and stores throughout the days and weeks and months of eating. So if you're getting enough calories, 99.9% guaranteed, especially in the U.S., you are getting enough protein. You only wow. need like 50 grams of protein, even for athletes. So those people that eat Quest bars, not really worth it. I, I mean, they Unless taste good. Unless you're working out that much, right? If you, I mean... I don't know. If you want it, great. Like, I indulge in those every once in a while, but, like, I think they're a waste Chocolate of money. Chocolate chip cookie dough? Oh, they taste amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So you in the microwave, five seconds. Oh, God. So fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, do you need them to like perform and recover? No. What do you eat then right before workout? Uh, I usually eat fruit. I eat unlimited amounts of fruit. As much fruit so as much I want. So much sugar. So much sugar. But it comes with a complete nutritional complex. Mm-hmm. So it's coming with fiber. It's coming with all the phytonutrients and phytochemicals and stuff. So it's not like dumping, you know, a Coke into my body. I'm dumping yeah. like tons I of sodas. But... Yeah. I mean, that's that's pure sugar. That's mm-hmm. refined sugar that's been distilled from a sugarcane plant or beet sugar, depending on where you are in the world. Um, but if you're eating a piece of fruit, you've got all those other things coming with it. That's right. going to slow the absorption in your body. And there's a book I read uh, a little while ago that really baked my noodle on this. It's called the 80-10-10 diet. I have it right over there. Uh-huh. And there's a whole chunk in that book that makes a really compelling case for why humans are designed anatomically, like anciently, like from, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago to eat fruit and consist primarily on a fruit diet. No way. Oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. When well, I read that. It depends on where you live in the, in the world, too, if you have access to grow the food as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, exactly. There's, there's the human body is extremely adaptable, and that's mm-hmm. why we've been able to survive, and in some cases, do well eating, you know, what the way we do eat. Mm-hmm. But I think optimally, if you want to feel great, sleep great, perform great, think clearly, age gracefully, eat lots of fruits and vegetables. It's as simple as that. Stay away from saturated fats and cheeses and meats. You know, but have that s- is good for you, right? Depends on who you ask and and how much you're eating, like and what else you're eating. Or- I mean, it's it's saturated fat, and so it's it's the kind that accumulates in your body and clogs up your arteries and stuff. Oh, that's, um, li- that's nice. But here's the thing: like a lot of people have success with keto, right? Which is like low carb, high fat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> here's where we get a little little more sciency. So Love it. for your listeners, brace yourselves. Let's I, do it, guys. I apologize <laughs> if I bore the hell out of you right now. No, this is so interesting. So uh, carbohydrates. Yes fructose for sugar from fruit yes those are your body's preferred source of fuel it's really easy for your body to assimilate those store them in those cells and use them immediately for energy Mm -hmm. Um, fat however um, if your body wants to use fat for energy like let's say i have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich Mm -hmm. i love pb and j is not demonizing them i think they're great what i don't want to send the message is that there are certain foods that should be demonized i think that's down the path of eating disorders But uh, let's say peanut butter jelly sandwich. I got the bread, so I got the starch and car- starchy carbs. I got the uh, jelly, so I've got the fructose and the sugars, and I've got the fat and the peanut butter with a little bit of protein. I love In fact, a good butter. amount of protein, right? So your body looks at it and it goes, okay, I've got fats, carbohydrates, and protein all coming at the same time. Starches, really easy to store and use as energy. Sugars, really easy to store and use as energy. Fats, I could turn that into energy, but it's going to take about 30% of the energy that I'm getting from the fats. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's say you get 100 calories of fat. 30 of those are going to be burned by the body, just converting that into a usable form of fuel to be really? then be burned. So that's really expensive, metabolically speaking, for the body. So it goes, if I have the choice between these things, I'm going to store the fat and use that for a rainy day because I've got plenty of glucose and starch right here. So oh. done. So if you remove the carbohydrates, your body has no choice but then to turn to the to the fat. And it burns a lot of energy and um, uses up a lot of resources converting that fat into energy it can burn. Wow. But it can be done. And people who, who go keto and Atkins and paleo and all that stuff, like they have great results. But is it long-term sustainable and healthy? Um, or easy. For me, I don't know. Uh, a lot of the science says it's not. Yeah, and or, or easy. I mean, who doesn't love carbs? And it's you're you're essentially starving your body. And I think it's great if you want short term weight loss, go for it. I would be wary of staying in that state for more than a few months. 
doesn't sound very fun either. No. It's not, and it's hard. It's really hard on your body, man. Is it? I mean, the eighty ten ten that mm-hmm. I that book I referenced. The eighty ten ten stands for eighty percent carbohydrates, ten percent fat, ten percent protein. He he recommends that's sort of the ideal balance. That's so scary to most people, though. I know <laughs> really because people don't understand how carbs. it works. They they demonize potatoes, but not the butter and the sour cream and the cheese that they put on it and the bacon bits. Like that's not bad, but the potato makes you fat. Like potatoes are a superfood. If you look at their nutritional breakdown, they're incredibly Can good you see for the you. Martian. Yeah. Yeah. Living <laughs> right? Living on potatoes. Andy Weir, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, man. he did. <laughs> yeah. So um it's you know, there's a lot of backwards, upside down science, and I think if people did a little digging, they'd be at least interested in maybe rethinking what they put into their mouths. You should do a um, food podcast. I've thought about it. You should but do it. you know what? It'd be I, so much fun. Just I, interview a nutritionist and say, like, yo, <laughs> help me. <laughs> Man, I, I would know. get, I would probably get into a lot of fights. Why? Because <laughs> I'm not, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not certified. I'm so? not a nutritionist. That's why you interview people. Yeah, but a lot of them, you know, are getting their information from these textbooks that are mm. sponsored by the Dairy Council and the egg mm. industry. And they're saying, look, no, three eggs a day is great for you. Like cholesterol is not nearly as bad for you as ever. Like we could argue all day about, well, okay, well, who funded that study? Who funded this study? Where's the money coming from? Like, but everyone's body's different. I feel like there are some truths in there, but. True. Yeah. I think that there's bio-individuality. Absolutely. But I mean, there's an ideal diet for gorillas. Definitely. There's an ideal diet for dogs. There's an ideal diet for giraffes. There's an ideal diet for salmon, like for bears, for flies. There's an ideal diet for humans. Like Mm -hmm. their art physiology is designed to work well if you put the right kind of fuel in it. Some people aren't going to tolerate legumes the same way that others will. I know. Do you go by the blood type diet? Is that something? No, that's been debunked. (laughs) Yeah. That's it's. Damn it. I like the idea. That's good. I can have uh, legumes then. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you got to work your way up to it. Like sometimes people will say, "Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go plant based, and I'm gonna eat a cup of beans every day," like they say, and they get bloated and gassy and feel terrible, and then they read a, something about phytic acid on the internet, and they're like, "Oh, see, beans are bad for me. They're poisoning me. I'm going back to my all kind of." What about nightshade diet. vegetables? I was told not to eat those. I mean, you just eat anything. I just, I just eat the the dark leafy greens, like the, sh- the chard. And, yeah. Like, I mean, I like. I, I say experiment, you know, I yeah. say aim to get as many of your calories as possible from organic, fresh, raw, whole food, plants, vegetables, starches, beans, obviously you have to cook, but, um, you know, just get as much of that and then see how your body responds. Not after one day or one meal or even one week, give it, a, give it a minute, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, no. No one has any and, patience. and work your way up. Like we talked about earlier, like you start introducing new foods into your gut system. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, what the hell is this? Like the mm-hmm. bad bacteria are going to fight. They're going to say, no, we want Doritos. No, we want soda. No, we want beer. We want this. We want that. It's like, give it a few days, weeks, and then see how your body changes. You're going to start sleeping better. You're going to start recovering faster from your workout. You're going to want to work out if you've never worked out before. You're going to think more clearly. Am I really? Am I really? <laughs> Try it. Try it. See what happens. You know, like That's the thing. A lot of people want to ask experts for their opinions, but they don't want to do the work of finding out themselves. Exactly. And um, I know we're... of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, we all are, right? <laughs> but, and it depends. Like, this is an area of fascination for me, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Like, you'd have to, you couldn't pay me to clean my bathroom. Like, I, I hate, <laughs> but some people are like obsessed, like Marie Kondo, right? Like, she loves organizing and cleaning things. And like, so it's, it depends on where your area of fascination on who you lies. Are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So on your birthday. <laughs> I know, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> just how popular. For anybody still listening. Anyone still listening. On your birthday. So what would you do on your birthday? Do you have any, do you have any weird birthday stories? Do you have any traditions? Okay. So I was deciding whether or not I should say this. Do it. Um, but you mentioned superstitions in your email to me I as well as just now. So uh, I um, 
ah, how weird am I going to get here? So my birthday is on April 18th, fourth month of the year, 18th day. And uh, I'm pretty sure this is not just my brain seeing things, but I see the numbers 418, 418, fucking everywhere. No. All the time. No. All the time. Like, I'm listening to a song, and I'm like, oh, who's who's? what song is this? That sounds kind of cool. I look down, the minute is, or it's four minutes and 18 seconds into the song. I'll be watching a movie, and I'll need to pause it to go to the bathroom. I pause it at 24 minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, I look down at the clock, because I'm just curious what time it is. It's 4.18 p.m. Or I have a thought to call somebody. I look down, it's 4.18 what? I, and I have a file on my computer uh, of all the screenshots. Like I'll be watching a YouTube video. I'll be like, "What? I, I really want to learn more about such and such a topic." And I'll see a video. It's four minutes and eighteen seconds long. What? And That's I'll be crazy. Like, so I started a file of of like so I could like save or document yeah. so I could start to see is there a pattern here? Like is there some entity speaking to me through these numbers? And I haven't been able to discern a pattern nothing, yet. But, nothing yet. And it's not like crazy. Like I've, I haven't seen those numbers probably in a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. But like, there are times where it seems like it's all the time everywhere. That's crazy. So I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What that is, is so what cool. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my my birthday superstition. I love it. That's I, great. I haven't figured out. When I figure it out, I'll let you know. <laughs> No, I wonder, what if that works for me? Because I don't know my birthday. What if I can figure it out through wow. like, weird like numbers that I well, see Well, do you, do you have any recurring things that show up in your life that you think might be some I sort of... I see 11, 12 sorry? everywhere, and I don't know why. Really? 11, yeah, 12? 11, 12, everywhere. And are you able to sort of like like attach when you see those to a certain mood or feeling or thought process? I haven't or... thought about that yet, no. But I just see it everywhere. You know, everyone's like, 11, 11, 11, 11. I always see 11, 12. Maybe you were born on November 12th. Maybe, but that's like a whole like six months. I was found August twenty eighth, and then they just backtracked. That's how they. That's how they. Oh, found okay. They so they found you, and they said she's about six ex- months. Six months old, and they went back, and they're like February twenty eighth, and it sounds so fucking arbitrary. And I'm like, D- I wow. don't even know, and it's ridiculous. Wow. And they're probably right on the year. You know, it's uh, you know. Um, what was yes, the year? It was uh, nineteen ninety five. Okay. Not a leap year. This year's a leap year. So 95. I know. My and God. so <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I was I'm in young and I, I was, don't know what I'm doing. I was in high school when you were born. Yeah? <laughs> How was high school? How was, was it? Rough it? For you? No, I had a great high, high school experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> were you swimming? Or I was. You? Yeah, yeah. No way. So yeah. you were swimming in high school. Were you acting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was acting and swimming in high school. And I, I, I had a really idyllic high school experience in that by my senior year. I I really didn't have any enemies. Like there was no no table you in the cafeteria that I couldn't like sit down at and then have a decent conversation with people at. Damn. And I felt really blessed to sort of not be part. I was part of like the swimmer clique and I was an actor and stuff. But I don't think anybody really actively like good for you hated me. Good they for might have you. disliked liked me and not wanted to be around me or. Right. Have, but like yeah, so I had a lot of friends, man, good and I had a, a good experience. Yeah, so. That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I envy you. What was your high school experience like? It was pretty. It was like Mean Girls. It was like really? there was the there was the cliques and there was the you know really popular people and there were the really nerdy people and then there was the cool Asian table. That was the one that you, I was at. You were the cool Asian table. I was a fucking cool Asian table. It was weird. What's, what it, how, what's different about the cool Asians versus the uncool Asians? Oh, you can tell. Some oh, yeah? They, yeah, they're like nerdy. They have glasses that are older than their parents and it's, it's sad. It's so that's, sad. that's the... That's the nerdy Asian table. It's real though. How like, old are their glasses? So oh, they're dorks. Uh, yeah, I know. No, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Mm. They... The things they talked about weren't cool at the time. You know, we were young and we wanted to talk about the memes and this and that. And 
they would talk about I, I have no idea I have no idea wow. but it was just interesting that there were clicks did you have clicks oh absolutely yeah yeah we but clicks, you were just yeah. you just got along with everyone that's great yeah I mean I didn't hang out with everyone but mm-hmm. I think I could have gone up to and had a com- a decent conversation with anyone mm-hmm. um but yeah what, so well here's an interesting question for you are you still in the cool Asian group being an adult in the real world now. Not really, no. Yeah. There's no more clicks anymore. You don't think so? I don't think so. I feel like there is. You, are there for you? I mean, go to Silver Lake and just look at the way oh, that's true. people are dressed. Weird. And, They're weird. Right? Go I'm to, weird, go to but West I'm not Hollywood. Silver, go down to Venice. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> clicks. And like when I when I go to the grocery store, for instance, I can see like the way by by the way a dude styles his beard or the way a woman wears her pants or whatever. I'm like, oh, you're you're you identify with that mm-hmm. sort of type. And I'm not judging them. I'm just going no. like, okay, cool. It's interesting how we sort of we 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 categorize ourselves. We well, do it ourselves. As actors, we have to, right? We try to sell ourselves, and we have to know what we look like and what we bring to the table and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's so true. We have we have a, we have to have a heightened uh, perception of what our presentation communicates. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of cool because then you then you learn who you are through this whole process of being an actor and all that stuff. Yeah. Has yours changed since coming out here? Um. Like That's a really good perception question. Perception of who you are, I guess, or oh, absolutely. Well, that well, absolutely, yeah, but yeah. like as an actor too, or yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know who the hell I am anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, do you want to do drama or more comedy? Like that's what I'm getting at. I, I, don't, know. I don't know, man. I just I just want to tell stories. Yeah. You know? And uh, like I, the older I get, the more sort of general. Uh, I like you know everybody says specificity, specificity. Right. And for a while, I had my hair long and I had the beard and I was gonna get a piercing. I know what I happened. Was, to you look I like just, a super hipster. I know, right? Right? <laughs> I just, yeah, it just was time to, to cut it. And I okay. just feel sort of, I don't know. I I just want to be a nice human being. That's good. Yeah. Be a nice human being. Yeah, that's that's, that's sort of the idea. There you go. <laughs> End of show. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. That's hilarious. Be a nice human being. <laughs> I mean, what else can you be, right? Just be a good person. You can person. be an asshole, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you know the number one song on your birthday? Mm. what it was like when i was born absolutely no idea do you do you, do you know what it, your supposed birthday number one song was uh i can't remember it <laughs> february 28th i can't remember shit but yours so february 28th 1995 <laughs> yeah like, what was the number one song the on number the radio? One, like most popular because i have this idea that maybe the day you were born has something to do with who you are as a person like okay. i don't know my yeah. and so the number one song on your birthday is kiss on my list by Hollow Notes. Wow. Because your kiss, your kiss, your kiss is on my list. list. <laughs> because your kiss is on my list. When I turn out the light. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's a trip. Does that resonate trip. with you at all? Or like I the, mean, the genre or the, you know, Hollow Notes or anything? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know anything about Hollow Notes. No? Um, I know what that. Kind of I heard that song to? all the time when I was growing up. <laughs> Um, I listen to a lot of music now, but I would say if I had to choose like a genre mm-hmm. and people are always surprised to hear this, like Trevor, you're so calm. You so rarely swear. I love like groove metal, like, like screaming, but with a good melody, like heavy metal stuff. Really? Yeah. Like what, what kind of bands? <clears throat> um, uh, I would say probably my favorite go-to band is a band called seven dust. Mm-hmm. Not many people have heard of them, but, um, look yeah. it up guys. They're 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 fucking tight, man. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. They're great. Damn. Clint Lowry, their guitarist, is the most inventive guitarist I think working in rock today. Shit. Yeah, he's awesome. I love Nine Inch Nails, uh, a band called Cell Dweller, which is sort of electronic metal mix. But no classic rock. That's what I was getting at. Uh, not not in my library, but okay. I don't like turn it off when I hear it. 
Okay. Yeah. But yeah, how about you? What's your what's your what's on your playlist right? Here, actually, here's a question. You're stuck on a desert island for the rest of your life. You can bring 3 albums with you. What are your 3 albums? Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, good choice. I love Pink Floyd. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Sam Smith's album. What is it? The new one? <laughs> no, the older one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. What? I don't know, but I, I, I haven't heard his newest music, but his older ones? Yeah. I fucking love it, yeah, man. They're great. I will listen to that forever on repeat. Okay. And then everyone hates me for this, but Coldplay. Oh, scientist. I love dude, that's has got some good stuff. I know. Yeah. So I, I like really, really soulful, really sad music. I don't listen to anything that has an upbeat rhythm. That's just me. Really? What about you? Top three albums. Um, I would say OK Computer by Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Speak for Yourself, Image and Heap. Mm-hmm. And probably The Downward Spiral, Nine Inch Nails. Shit. Yeah. I think all three of those albums are some of the most inventive, creative, visionary albums Ever in in that genre of music, I should nice. say. Nice. Yeah. I have to go look that up because I'm not a. Yeah. I I know movies. I know movies and I know food, but I don't know music really. Why do you think you prefer sad music to other I, kind of music? I don't know. Or any. Why do you think anybody? We're prefers? actors, you know, and we just yeah. like to feel, and so I just like to relive things over and over again, like some kind of fucking masochist. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't wow, know why people wow. don't like more sad music. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's a very it's a very cathartic kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I think music is. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, some people like the upbeat and they get it out through that. They like EDM. They like that. But I, I just gravitate towards the really sad music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's, music speaks to us in ways that it words does, never could. And I love yeah. it. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Upbeat music. All right. I got to check that out. I, I don't know any Nine Inch Nail songs on the top of my list. Uh, you've heard, I'm sure, the song Closer. I want to you like an animal i probably I heard it feel you. it was huge on the radio right around when you were born actually oh really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know nirvana was big yeah and yeah. radiohead but yep. i don't really know much i was more into like i really like like the 70s and the 80s groovy times really okay cocaine times and you know, uh-huh. the 60s i'll listen to 50s too i like 50s really? too. sinatra oh, oh yeah God. yeah bobby darren yeah yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't. I go backwards. I don't go. I don't go forwards. For what do you? What, what? What is your take on uh, past lives? Past lives? Yeah. Um, Are you a believer in any sort of reincarnation? Is that a? Have you thought about that? Yeah, definitely. But I don't think. Uh, I. I don't think personally. I'm reincarnated from any. Uh, reincarnated from anyone. I can't think of anyone in history that I'm like. That was me in a past life. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I do. I do. I do believe in. Something like that. Yeah. Here, here's a cool book for anybody listening who wants to like go down the rabbit hole with this. Let's do there's it. a there's a book called uh, the top ten things the top ten things dead people want to tell you, and it's written by a guy who's like a, a law of attraction sort of guru. His name's Mike Dooley. He's written a bunch of stuff. He's got an empire. You've heard of Notes from the Universe? Those emails you can sign up for. Yes. Yes. Um, he writes those essentially. Oh. So he wrote this book called The Top Ten Things Dead People Want to Tell You. Or dead people want you to know one of the two. If you just Google top ten things, Mike. Dead Dooley. people. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's really fascinating. But he he lays out in a very sort of Socratic dialogue, like why why God a, a a higher intelligence has to exist, and why you are unquestionably a piece of that higher intelligence having an illusional an illusory an illusory experience. Easy mm-hmm. for me to say here on planet Earth. Um, if you don't, then you feel lonely. 
I feel Absolutely, like you yeah. want to, we want to believe in things, and if you do believe in something, it may help you get through the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether or not it's true or not. Absolutely, but in that in that book, he goes to lay on like like how time and space are these illusions, and how we come down here to experience certain things with the illusion of death and the illusion of time and illusion of space, and how like really we're just pure love, and when we die, we go back up, and we can choose to move around through time. And it, I mean. It sounds a little far-fetched. No, I love it. Like, I want to read that. It was the first... I was raised Episcopalian. It was the first book on spirituality. I've read like Deepak Chopra and, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis and all this, all these different sort of writers and thinkers about philosophy and religion, mostly sort of Christian-themed stuff. But, mm-hmm. but I've read a lot of Buddhism stuff too, which is sort of more how I consider myself these days anyway. Nice. But that is the first book that I re- read and like on a cellular level, I was like, yes, this feels right. This seems... Like it's sort of on the mark when it comes to what's actually going on from a cosmic perspective. So I loved that book. Really? And it's, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Okay, thank if you. anybody's interested. Do and it, it does sort of talk about reincarnation in, in, really? in its own way. Yeah. What, so what do you believe? Uh, honestly, I, I believe I do. I don't know if I'd call it like reincarnation, but I do believe that we are uh, eternal souls, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. that um, have that choose to experience life. Here's the way he talks about it in the, in the book. He says, imagine like you go to see a movie on like a Saturday afternoon, you go into a movie theater, you sit down, uh, they turn the lights down really low. You've got this huge screen in front of you. It's really bright. The sounds are really loud. And let's say you're watching a world war two drama and you get lost. You forget you're there, you know, like you're in it. Like you get to experience what it's like to be in a tank, to be there on the beaches of Normandy at, uh, you know, D-Day. Like you experience, so right? And you're just like, you're, you feel the fear. You feel the excitement. You fear the shock. You know, you feel the, the, the love if there's a love component. Like, and then you, you leave, right? The movie ends. The lights come up. You remember, oh, yeah, I was in a movie theater watching this. And you I walk know, outside. You walk outside. It's still daytime. Like nothing changed, but you are changed because you just had this experience that seemed real for a moment but actually was just a sort of a blip in your day but you got to experience those things that's the closest hopefully any of us will ever get to fighting in a war like that he says there's vr though right well he says it's kind of like that like basically we are these eternal souls and we're essentially coming down to earth inhabiting these bodies to basically watch a movie to see what it's like if death were an actual thing if, you know, uh, uh, you know, time were an actual restriction, if space were an actual restriction, what would it be like? What lessons could we learn if we were living with all these restrictions and all these fear? Like, what would it be like to feel actual fear? If you're an eternal soul that, that basically can't die, mm-hmm. how else would you experience those things? So we create these worlds where we can go down and experience these things. And then when we die, we go back up and we go, Dude, that was the best ride ever. I want to do another one. Let me see what I can learn on this next one or what that's going to be like. So that's where what the book talks about. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm like, that fucking sounds that's right. That's fascinating. Doesn't that wow. seem kind of cool? And it, it puts yeah. a lot of puts a lot of your trivial life crap in perspective sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. I'll check that out. It's, it's, it's a good book, yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you think of it. When you when you read it, let me know. Shoot All me right, email. I'll let check it see. out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that your favorite genre of movie? What World War Two dramas? Yeah. What's what, do you uh, have a favorite genre? Not really. I, no. I, I kind of like all film. I don't love uh, more spur of the moment. Like you know what? Today I'm feeling a rom com. Today I'm feeling a super deep drama um, like Marriage Story. Like I don't know. Yeah, I just watched that. I like, know the other it's day. so sad. Yeah, God, it was so so good, so beautifully was so done. Good. Oh my God. 
Um, no, I, I love sci-fi stuff. Sci-fi. Like, as an actor, that's sort of my dream is to right? be in, like, sci-fi stuff. Oh, yeah. God. Just to, like, play in space and... Yeah, with a space suit and a gun and exactly. shoot aliens and walk away from exploding Galaxy things. Galaxy Twi- Quest 2, right? <laughs> they're, gonna, they're probably going to do it. Galaxy Quest. I think they are. I think they're working Jesus on a, a second Galaxy Quest. I thought that's what the the, the Seth MacFarlane one was. Oh, that, that TV Orville. show? Yeah, I thought that was it. That was Galaxy Quest. Uh, I don't think so. I think they like a parody are. of Galaxy Quest, maybe? <laughs> But it's like sort of realish. It's sort of in the Star Trek world. That's I like, don't know. I, don't I know. haven't seen it, but I really want to see I it. I heard it was not good. But oh, I awkward. <laughs> I know. That's what I heard. I don't know. Love you, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, uh, do you know the number one movie on your birthday? Nope. Most popular. Nope. Yours is Caveman. Oh, my God. The Brendan Fraser? No, no, no. No. no, no Ringo no, no. Starr, Dennis Quaid, and Shelley Long. Yep. Never heard of it. Never seen it. It's a rom-com. But it totally gets things wrong. Like, there's dinosaurs in there. And Have you seen it? I looked on it on YouTube. You can find the whole thing on YouTube. It's really cheesy. Oh, God. It's All right. It's really, really cheesy. Good to know. Yeah. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And the number one food on your birthday. <laughs> You're not going to like this. Where, like, bratwurst or something? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but how do you tell, how do you gauge the number one food? I don't know. Is that just like more people order this on this day than anywhere you else? No, we just like to make up holidays. So grocery we stores were, were sold out of this on I this day? I guess so. Well, it's not plant based, it's animal crackers. An- animal crackers? Yeah. I think they. Did you grow up eating those? Are oh, those yeah, vegan? totally, totally. Uh, those aren't vegan. I think they are. I mean, really? uh, if they're not, they can be. How are Oreos vegan? They can't be. They there's are, so man. much yeah. big shit. There's, there's nothing. Yeah, or they're not good for you. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's another com- going back to the vegan thing. Yeah, another yeah, common yeah. misconception is that oh, if it's vegan, it's good for me. It's like absolutely not. That's why I say like vegan tells me what you don't eat. Right. Plant based tells me what you do eat. Mm. You can be vegan and eat total shit, mm. and be fat and disgusting and hate yourself and be judgmental and like that's why I don't like that word because there's a lot of people out there like that. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you if you cook at home if you eat food at home at all mm-hmm. a vegan diet or a plant-based diet i should say is the cheapest diet you could possibly eat it's a thing of rice with some veggies and some guacamole and salsa and some corn and sounds really good right now once you learn that carbs aren't the bad guy and you just make fat a condiment on your meal and just mm-hmm. fill up on the good stuff it's the cheapest diet you could eat and your body and the planet and the animals all thank you so that's my love piece. It. I'm done. Thank I'm you. No. I'm preaching. I apologize. I love it. Thank I get, you. I get, I get passionate about it. Last question. Okay. What would you spend on a $2 bill? What would I spend on a $2 bill? And it doesn't have to cover the entire thing, but just what would you use a $2 bill to? I you actually have, I have it, a $2 but... bill. Uh, I use it as a bookmark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, what would I buy with it? Um, interesting question, Michelle. Uh, Thank you. I would. Oh, what would you buy? I would give it to someone, like a small restaurant. Oh, okay. I did. I have I have a couple two dollar bills, and I gave one because uh-huh. I just I put all my love and my energy and compassion into this restaurant. I'm like, you're gonna succeed. What's the because restaurant? It's so hard to succeed. It's actually pretty close to here. Element Twenty Nine. It's a little okay. Chicago deli. And right it's on. So cute. They have a, 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 a. It's really interesting. He has. Um, his name's Chef Jeff, and he has. Uh, what is that? Sandwiches from all around the world, and it's just, just him in this tiny little deli, and he's working really hard. And Love I'm like, it. I want you to succeed. Love it. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's all. Are you from Chicago? No. Oh, you just but like I the just, Chicago. No, I just like, just, you know, I just, I feel like as a consumer, it is my job to help other people succeed. And like an actor, you know, I'm, I'm a business and I try to help other businesses succeed. And so that's what my Instagram is. I'm trying to just help small businesses. But yeah. there's only so much I can do as one person. And so if you post it on Instagram, then other people can see it and they'll be like, oh, I'll go eat there. Amen. That kind of thing. I don't Amen. know. Amen. That's amazing. Thank you. And Element I just 29. wish I could find more more vegan restaurants, more plant friendly, <clears throat> or but it's hard. Like I said, with the traditional the traditions, it's hard to keep those alive if they were eating a lot of lamb, or if they were eating a lot of this and that, and I, that's where I'm hitting the moral, you know, ba- boundary right there. Mm. But mm-hmm. yeah, so 2020 is different. I haven't I haven't really done any food blogging yet, but I don't really know what I'm gonna do. Oh, have you food food blogged in the past? For three years, Did yeah, you? in L.A. Wow. Yeah. And I, I didn't found know that. Is so it online many somewhere? different. Yeah, it's on Instagram. I found so many unique cuisines around L.A. It's so yeah. much fun. L.A. is a great food. So city much for fun. Yeah. It's hard when you're a solo diner, but you make it work. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, so I'm gonna ask you one more question then too, and then I'll answer the question about the two dollar thing. <clears throat> um, what is your like restaurant of choice? Like your favorite restaurant? See, that's the thing. I was is it trying Element Twenty Nine or no, is it it's not? Yeah, where would you? So. Your last the reason I Earth. started this Instagram was to be like, what if you can figure out your ethnicity through food? Because I don't know my ethnicity. I'm not doing 23andMe. That's fucking stupid. I fell in, in love with the helping restaurants thing later. But it was like, what if I can figure out? And plot twist, I'm not Asian. <laughs> You're not? Filipino? Wait, what? What are you? If if uh, my favorite cuisine is Israeli. Oh, oh got it. That's got what it. I yeah, I yeah. That. Okay, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm not Asian. Dun, dun, dun. No. But like through this cute little thing that i was doing because i just love hummus and mm. falafel and shawarma and i i don't know why i love it so much yeah. the pickled veggies and <sighs> maybe because i grew up on japanese food and i'm sick of japanese food and i'm going to the total opposite of that but i just thought it was interesting and that's why 2020 is going to be different because i don't know what to do with my food blog anymore i've already succeeded i found what i wow. was looking for wow okay yeah Interesting. Really, really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, right. it'd be weird to ask you because it'd be like, I, there's no, like, you can't pinpoint a country, I feel like. Can you? What's your favorite I don't cuisine? Know. Uh, God, I mean, I love some, I love Mexican food. Right. Um, but I also love. Uh, but Oaxacan. Have you had Oaxacan mole? No. Well, I mean, I don't, I've never been to Oaxaca. You probably can't have that because there's 50 ingredients in in Oaxacan mole negro. 15 50, ingredients. 50. 50, five zero. 50. Holy shit. So the thing is, you can't make that at home. You have to go there and have Abuela cook that for you because <laughs> there's no way wow. that you can learn how to cook that. That's what I mean. If you if we don't keep going to these restaurants, they'll they'll die out. <laughs> they just will. Because right. people are like, oh, I want hot Cheetos in my burrito. I want sushi burrito. Mm. And there's it's God just damn, so millennials, hard. Millennials screw damn it, up millennials. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, yeah. uh, it's so wow. good. There's like five types of mole. Oaxacan mole. And Oaxacan food is known for their moles. But there's also, like, tlayudas. There's a guy in South L.A. who does tlayudas. He he uses animal lard, uses cabbage, and he uses, um, like, blood sausage. I know it sounds disgusting to you. But but it's just, like, a tradition that they've been doing for years. And they make it like this pizza. It's a really thin – it's like a quesadilla. They make the flour tortilla Mm. super thin. But it's so interesting. 
Like, you can't find that anywhere in the U.S. Or, I mean, okay, never mind. You can't find that normally, <laughs> yeah. like, walking around. Yeah, yeah, You have yeah. to go to one of these two restaurants to yeah. find that. And it's so fascinating. Or you go to Mexico. So it's like... Wow. Like, you learn so much about the people through their food. I, yeah. There's such a... Like, even even in the Middle East, they're like, what is hummus? Is it is it Lebanese? Is it Israeli? And I'm fascinated by that that cultural divide and... But it also brings people together, but it really takes them apart. And there's so much politics and food. And yeah, there's F- so food much. is that is the like the definitive human experience, isn't it? It is. Like we eat, we have sex, we sleep, we we die. And then we like, watch movies. <laughs> yeah, and we watch movies. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but like it doesn't get much more primal than like what no, we eat together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I get, I get the tradition thing from that one. It's, it's but it bothers me because I don't, I you know, I want to start helping the animals. We're one, one doing terrible things. I watched yeah. so many, so many movies, so many documentaries about animals getting tortured, and it's like there has to be a better way. Yeah, there is. But it'll, just take it one meal at a time. You know, one meal at a time. That's all you have to do. If you, can you eat one vegan meal today? Yeah, there's a Yarby's Kitchen. It's a Caribbean restaurant, vegan, right there. Cool. There's Crimsy's Cajun, which is Crimsy's. Crimsy's I haven't been there yet, but killer. it's so close Love to me. Place. Why don't I go there? Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of more affordable ones. So those are the two. Or yes. hey, I mean, go home and have a bowl of cereal with some fruit on it, or a bowl of oatmeal with some fruit. Like done. I guess. But um, yeah. So what would yeah. you spend on a two dollar? <laughs> so yeah, I'm inspired by what you said about uh about um uh donating it to. What did you say again? You just give it to to a, <laughs> to a restaurant. Business. That's right, a, a small, small business. business. And you said you would give it to Element Twenty Nine. Uh, I think I'm inspired by that. I would. So it's my theory, my my armchair theory Love that it. uh. That that many of the world's problems will be solved if more people could learn to sit alone in a room with their thoughts, and so I think the practice I think the practice of meditation is potentially planetary changing. Like we could change our entire reality if more people cultivated mindfulness through a meditation practice. So I would donate it to a meditation organization. Uh, maybe they offer retreats. Maybe it's a sanctuary or not a sanctuary. Uh, monastery or something where I, I don't know something that helps get that word out for me i personally use an app called headspace i have been for years and it's changed my world i've been thinking about trying that i it's just, a, yeah, I it's just awesome. don't want to spend the money but yeah i feel like i should yeah it's it's one of the best investments i've ever made yeah and there's free alternatives out there but i really like headspace yeah more and more people are learning to charge for it but, uh, i know they're smart but the cool thing is i mean you don't even need that app you can just learn to sit and count your breaths and it only if you can only do it for a minute that counts that can have tangible benefits so i would give it to maybe an uh, a company like headspace or an organization that that helps get the word out about how to train people in being Love with it. their thoughts yeah yeah, that yeah. sounds great yeah well thank you so much trev michelle this was awesome thank you so much <laughs> thank it was really you. fun <laughs> And we're back. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you to Trev for just being so open, so helpful. I loved all your wisdom and tidbits of information throughout the years from your Inside Acting podcast. Shout out to AJ. Thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. And thank you so much, Trev, for just being so open about your plant-based lifestyle and how we can how we can promote not slaughtering animals. Really appreciate it. So how can we change the connotation of veganism? 